Hey everyone, this is David Caldwell. Today we're talking with my friend Jared Johnson out of the Salt Lake City, Utah area about his transition from being a manager in corporate America into running a high-powered real estate team. Stay tuned and enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so based out of uh, Salt Lake City, Utah, um, before real estate, um, I've actually done quite a bit of things in my uh um, I guess life um, after high school. I used to paint cars as an automotive painter. Um, decided I was needing to use my head more instead of breathing all those chemicals. Um, I ended up going to school um, with the encouragement of my wife and I ended up getting a bachelor's degree in electrical engineering and then a master's degree in business and project management. Awesome. Then, how, how long have you been so, married now? We've been married since two, 2003, so 17 years. Awesome. Yeah. Time's flying by. Yep. Crazy. Um, so, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so I, I went to school and I ended up uh, finding kind of my little niche um, when it came to electrical engineering and what I wanted to do in the profession and ended up working for a medical company out of Germany and it was it was very rewarding. Um, the job itself paid very well. And I kind of worked my way up into where I was an area manager um, within the company. And I, that kind of transitioned from actually being an engineer to um, leading and managing a bunch of engineers and kind of helping with the workflow process because we were all field service. And so things came into tech support, then they came through the CRM, notifications were made and so on and so forth. And so that kind of, I guess, really set me up for what I'm doing now in real estate. Um, but at the end of the day, that job, as good as it was, you know, with a family of five kids and a wife, um, she's a developer um, in the real estate world. And so it, I was gone a lot. Like I'd say at least 100 to 120 flights a year um, hotel nights were about 130 to 150 nights a year. It just wasn't the best uh, life, I could say, um, for a family of five and what I was looking for in life and be fulfilled. And I've always been in the real estate investing world, um, wholesaling, um, working with my wife on fix and flips and or buy and holds. And so she kind of brought it up, said, why don't you just do real estate with me? You're good at it. And I don't know. I'm not a salesperson. I'm not a. <laughs> how many, how many people in how many different states were you managing? I was managing uh, 18 employees and it was literally like 10 to 12 states. Okay. Yeah. This is this is like where I got to know you, right? I remember when I first became your coach because your other coach had left and um, I reached out to Amy and you actually called me back and you were on the road. And I think we talked like 45 minutes or an hour, like the yeah. very first conversation. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, I got lonely on the road. So I'm like, all right, something to talk to. <laughs> I totally remember that. But I remember, yeah, you had this, you know, great career that's paying you a six figure income, right? Yeah. And your other coach told me, Hey, these guys are, they're big thinkers. They're a little bit different to coach. They're not your traditional client, right? Jared's not even in real estate. 
right? Yeah. And um, Jared's not even in real estate. And I think you'll be really good, you know, just from the thinking outside the box type of stuff. And, you know, you guys had, um, you guys had like elderly care facilities. I think that you guys were kind of developing and building at that time and fix and flips and all those other things. And Amy was getting into development, right? Yeah. And I think maybe you guys had the outline of a little team built. Is that accurate? We had a little bit of an outline. I mean, it wasn't, we weren't quite started yet when we first got into putting the team together. That was more with, and a lot of that evolution took place with you. So, so what were, remind me what you were doing in the real estate business when you were still jumping on planes a couple of days a week. And I remember, you know, one time we had lunch in Portland because you were out here managing people. Yeah. So, so those, let's just go back to like, I'm, I have this great paying or I have this, you know, really good paying job. I'm traveling. I have five kids. I'm starting to do real estate. It's starting to pique my interest, but I'm still really in this other career. What, what did like the average week look like and where was your head at, you know, as far as, um, yeah, just where was your head at? Yeah. So, I mean, it was, I mean, it was a busy time. Cause like you said, yes, we had our assisted living, um, which, I mean, they were good, but it just wasn't for us. So we, you know, moved on, sold them and, you know, people came in there that were a little more motivated to, um, to manage those types of business than us. Um, but, um, but yeah, during those times I was doing the assisted living. I mean, I was, a lot of travel. I mean, I was always breaking down my work schedule from a standpoint of how much do I travel? How much do I work? And it really boiled down to, I was only really working like 30, 35 to 40% of the time. The rest of it was traveling. And some of those were pretty long flights and stuff. So I got to a point, I remember when we decided to do something like this and when I decided to join coaching and before I got into contact with you, the biggest reason why is because my wife was a solo agent. Um, she started doing the real estate because she wanted to, um, you know, provide some vacation money, some furniture money, you know, maybe just the miscellaneous spending um, money. And, but it got to the point where she was so busy as a solo agent she didn't have time to enjoy a vacation, didn't have time to even be at home. I, I found myself when I was home being the one doing the laundry, cooking the food. And, you know, like, not that that's not a mine or hers job, but it just naturally was her job, you know, in in our marriage. But I found that she was always gone and she was not enjoying herself. And she's like, this is stupid. I've been here. I started this to provide more for our family and I can't even enjoy anything. Yeah. It sounds like uh, the typical top producer, right? Yeah. They, uh, we can always say yes to more business because we talked about this so often on coaching calls. There's so much opportunity. What do you say yes to? Right. Yeah. Saying yes to everything. And then it starts creating conflict, which it often does in a real estate business. Exactly. Yeah. And so, I kind of got into it. She kind of like really just, I'm done. That's it. Not doing it anymore. She, she turned off the real estate world. Didn't refer anything. Didn't do anything. Just turned it off um, and took the summer off. But then after that, you know, it's like you keep getting that itch. Like, I mean, that's, 
she loves real estate. She loves being in it and she loves having those adult conversations and creative thinking and building and stuff. And so um, that's when she got involved with the coaching. That's when she, you know, we kind of started organizing things. And I said, well, if you're going to do coaching, I'm going to do it too, because I think I can help you just based off of my background. And so that's how I kind of got into it. I'm like, cause I'm traveling a lot of times. I mean, there's no reason I can't open up my laptop, start building out some processes and systems. Um, kind of, like I said, my job in field service was all about how do we take care of the clients? And a lot of our clients were surgeons, um, whether it be eye, doc, eye surgeons or neurosurgeons or something. And so very, very demanding group, but you know, how do we take care of them? How do we ensure that their business is taken care of when they walk into that OR, their machines are ready to work and they can operate successfully all the way down to how do we take care of them after the fact. And so I took all that knowledge and, you know, honestly, like everything the corporate world wouldn't let me do because it had the decisions had to be made and by people higher up than I was. And they were big changes when you're talking about a big fortune 100 company um, to the point where I had free reigns. If I started a real estate company in those processes, trying things, seeing if they work, tracking the analytics of it. And so it got me very interested and excited just to see how I can help streamline things for her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, and that's definitely your strong, your uh, strong skill set, right. Is around operations. And I remember, uh, I do remember in that transition, it was almost like, okay, Jared, we got to slow down and do one thing at a time, right? As you came in, because there's in any real estate business, there's so much to do. So let's let's skip forward a little bit to like um, it seemed like when we were in Seattle, that seemed like a big kind of okay, I'm go, I'm I'm going in. That was like kind of like the all in event, right? Yeah. So what was it about that? Uh, those like particular couple days that it was like, there was just seemed to me like there was a switch that was flipped. That was like, I'm, I'm not gonna get on the planes anymore. I'm going the real estate direction, right? Then it was just making the plan to get out of the, the career. Yeah. And you know, a lot of that, like when I was there, uh, I think that was a uh, Bill Pipes. Um, uh, it was a uh, uh, marketing edge, Jason. It was yeah. like my first marketing oh, edge. Oh, marketing edge, yes, that's right. And um, I remember going to it thinking like, and, and I don't mean, because there's a lot that I need to learn and I'm trying to learn, but a lot of things that were being talked about were like, like I don't know, I guess just second nature for me in my job. But what I've always looked at what my wife does and what other high producing agents do. And then I started realizing that I got to meet more people and talk to them. I'm like, man, they're high producing agents, but they're asking me what my advice is on certain systems and certain, you know, processes and flow. And I realized that I'm like, I mean, I can do this. I mean, these guys are top producers and they have a lot that I don't have, which, you know, the sales type of thing, but I mean, I can learn that. Um, but I'm like, I think I can, I mean, if they can do it, I, why can't I do it? I mean, like if, if I can be that much help to somebody in the real estate world, Maybe I can, you know, help my wife, help myself, you know, free, you know, up some time and, yeah. you know, 
spend more time with my family. And you really downplay your sales skills. <laughs> so just for people that don't know you, Jared is a great salesperson and um, probably because he's so just a great human and a good connector. But I'm kind of a hustler um, yeah. by trade. When I was Jared's coach, I could be like, Jared, call these people and make this call. And he'd literally go get business like day one, right? Like he just, Jared is a good salesperson. So he does have, he does have that skill set, right? Yeah. And I, I mean, just a little background on, and I think I've been learning more about myself as I kind of, and, and you know, and there's, everyone has those life events and things that kind of mold us and where we're at. And, you know, and it's something that is, un, is unique and different, but, and a lot of people don't know this even on my team, but I mean, I was homeless when it came on my senior year of high school. Like I lived in my truck on the side of a river <laughs> and, you know, and I did, I was so embarrassed in my situation. I didn't want to tell, you know, I, my best friend knew, and that was it. And he, the reason he knew is because I knew he wouldn't say anything. Um, but I remember like everything I did, I worked nights to, you know, to be able to, get up, build enough money to get an apartment finally, you know, feed myself. And I had to maintain, you know, I wanted to graduate. I mean, living on the side of the river wasn't an ideal life. And I just, in my head, I'm like, I've got to graduate to change that. And to the point that like nobody knew about it. And I went through my life, graduated and did what I needed to do. And, you know, just, made it happen, but I now fast forward, you know, 30, no, not 30 years, <laughs> like 20 years. <laughs> um, I, I realized that like, I mean, I was a scrapper, you know, I had the hustle. I had this, you know, I had to do things that made me, you know, be able to survive. And so I think that's where a lot of my, I guess, skill, sales skills come into per se. Yeah, you're willing, to, you're willing to do the work. Now, can I ask like that experience of being like down down by the river, right? Not to make a joke out, out of it, yeah. but down by the river. Did, did that experience show up at all when, was, was there any fear that maybe came into play when you're making your transition from one career into being an entrepreneur, right? I mean, whether it's real estate or something else, it's, I have a, I have a six-figure income, I have a good paycheck, I'm in a, I'm in a management leadership position, yeah. I'm going to make the jump over here and do my own thing. You know, I have to think that there's, you know, the way that I grew up, I still think about um, how I grew up around money and my relationship is money with money as a child still shows up today. And some of the activities that I do, um, even though I'm in a vastly different situation, did that show up at all when you're making that jump? Was there ever any fear? Yeah. Um, you know, and it's kind of funny that kind of hits like a, definitely a trigger for me in the sense that like I'm always worrying that my family's taken care of and provided for like even today you know with the money that I have been blessed to make and stuff I'm always thinking about like well I, I can't stop I can't and you know and that's something I work with now with my coach now where it's like you know it's never enough even though it's enough and we live very we don't live an extravagant life and I feel like I have money in the bank and the business is going. It's like, I never feel like it's enough. 
And so it's, it's something that I work with personally, and I'm sure others can relate, relate, but like, yeah, it definitely like, like when I made that move, it was like, oh no, I, you know, it was so comfortable at my full-time job. The paychecks came in every two weeks. The benefits were amazing. And, you know, it just, like, I never had to think about, you know, for 10 years where the money was coming from to pay my mortgage and feed my family. Yeah. You know, so it's, yeah, it totally makes sense. And I can see how, uh, that fear would show up again, but I also, since I know you, I know that it's also be, that's a motivator too, right? Cause yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Cause providing for the family, like that's the big why with the, with the transition in, right? Like now I remember we made a plan, Hey, I'm going to quit by this day, right? We're going to be done by this day. And if I remember right, that day came early, you put in your notice in advance, right? So we've been planning on it. I think maybe we went a little bit in advance. Is that, is that my well, that right? A lot of it. I, well, I, I know you asked me a couple times and I know we, in a very jokingly way, you know, started to, you know, make, um, you know, comments like, you know, if you're not going to do this, then why are we doing this type of thing, you know, type of thing. And so, and it just, I think I just had a bad day at work one time, couldn't make a doctor happy, even though we did everything, you know, but I just remember saying, I'm, I'm putting in my two weeks. I got my license. I haven't done anything with it. I'm, you know, now I'm getting so busy to the point where I'm struggling to do both my jobs. Um, I just, yeah, I said, I'm done guys. <laughs> Here's my two weeks. So <clears throat> If you can, if you can remember, what were your feelings like that first week, that job, that security, the safety net, you know, 10 years of a stable income and paycheck? What was the first month like? What was your, if you can remember, what were your feelings like around that first month? Um, the first day, the first day was great. I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. You know, like, um, no, it was, uh, it, it, it started sinking in towards the middle of the week, like, Oh no, can I make this happen? Am I capable of this? Like a lot of doubts started coming into my head and, you know, like just, yeah, just thoughts of, you know, being good enough for this industry and how am I going to, where am I going to find clients? Cause my wife obviously has her own uh, sphere of influence and I'm like, but all her sphere of influence are people that she our family and friends and people that I've worked with that I hand to her. So it's like, how, how um, did, how did you overcome that fear? Cause some people would just like stay in bed and not go to work. What did you do to overcome that? Well, I think having the experience of having nothing okay. motivated me to know that I'm not settling for nothing and neither am I going to put my family in there. And two, I made this decision and I've always been kind of that person, like, if I say I'm leaving, then I've made the decision to leave. You're not talking me back into coming back to work, or I'm not going to try to come back to work. I made a decision and it's, it's final. Okay. Um, and so we have a saying that we've always had up in our house since we were kind of going it kind of resonated with me and my wife and that saying that hangs up on our wall 
always says, do something that excites you and scares you at the same time. Um, and so I just had to keep reminding myself. I know I probably called you a couple times, like asking if this was like, what did I do? Like I was I, for a second there, I was really trying to find ways to hit the easy button to get some work coming in instantly. And I realized that wasn't an answer. <laughs> I remember a couple of times having to be like, no, Jared, you have to do this. Like, we got to go make the money, right? We're not going to wait a month. Remember, I can't remember exactly what it was. Like, oh, in a month, I'm going to start doing this. No, not in a month. Like, you got to do it now, right? Because we started in a month, there's that lag time, right? From the activity to the time in our business, we actually get paid. Yeah. So, yeah, I, do, I remember, I definitely remember some of those calls. So let's, let's just skip ahead a little bit, right? Because we talked a little bit about starting to kind of, hey, build this framework out of a team before you even quit. You have that experience. Um, what if we just maybe just go through like, hey, where's your team at today? What are you thinking you're going to do production-wise this year? And over the time that you've been building out a team, what are kind of just the big lessons you feel like you've learned? Yeah. Um, so right now we're actually, I just hired two more agents over the weekend. So, um, so I'm up to 14 agents awesome. uh, working for me. I have um, an office manager and an assistant and I'm looking to hire a transaction coordinator and a marketing, you know, director or something, you know, somebody to do our marketing. Um, so we'll probably have about a team of 20 people by the end of the year. Awesome. Um, we're looking to close about 150 transactions. Right. Um, it was definitely a big goal from um, last year or really my full year in real estate. Um, and I feel like I'm, I'm definitely behind on that, but what I learned. Where, where are like, how long have you been licensed now? I've been licensed um, for about a year and two months. So yeah, a little bit over a year and 150 transactions this year. Yeah, that was my not, goal. Your team is not 20 this year. How many people are like, let's, let's subtract out these two people that you have. What do you, what have you guys been averaging uh, this year as far as team size? Um, I started with two agents and I ended up firing those two agents. It just didn't work out. Um, and our, my current coach now, um, she said, um, she looked at my situation and said, she said, Jared, the tail is wagging the dog and it needs to stop, which means I was afraid to really like push my, um, like what I wanted to see happen. And I, I found that when I was in management, I was always getting orders from up above me saying you guys need to do this and I just had to find creative ways to keep them going or get the numbers they needed or whatever it was but now I was the one making all those decisions and I realized I needed to learn and be confident in how I made those and what was happening when I first started with this team of two other agents is they were telling me how it was going to be or like they were always negotiating their splits there and not, it was, I was always constantly trying to make somebody happy yeah. versus them feeling happy where they're at. Yeah. And um, I think that's, I think that's super common. I think there's the team leaders that know exactly what they want and you fit into our model. And if, 
you know, you outgrow us or we're not going in the same direction, then we don't have to grow together. And that's yeah. okay to recognize that. And then there's the team leaders where that like you that really believe in leadership, right? That we want to make our team happy, right? And we take the feedback and we listen to the feedback. And I've been guilty of this too. And sometimes to our detriment, right? Yeah. You know, with Debbie now, who's the queen, right? The queen yeah. of, of, uh, of team coaching, She's she kicking my ass in yeah, a good way. <laughs> she doesn't accept that or allow it, right? You're going to like build your business. You're going to run it that way. And if people don't fit into that model, then they can go fit into someone else's, which I think is, you know, I think that's why Debbie's been a, a perfect evolution and a coach for you. And so yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, so I started out with two. That didn't last past February, March. And I would say maybe five transactions happened between them. But the cool thing was, is we're up to 79 transactions right now. So like I said, I, I think I'm, I don't, it's going to be tough to hit it because all my agents have all been through this transition of Debbie is my new coach building. Like, what do I stand for? What does my business look like? How does it operate? And I've, my agents are all like brand new. I hired brand new agents and they just started get, this is the first month where I think we have six in escrow from everyone, but me or my wife. It's good. It's awesome. So, super excited about that. So, so maybe fair to say that one of the lessons that you learned is that you got to put your foot down and really follow the model that you create. Absolutely. 100%. And with, and with the new people coming in, just cause I know you, you know, how do you filter their, their feedback, right? Because I know that you'll listen to it, right? So um, as you've fallen into this new direction and kind of firming up your model a little bit, yeah. I guess maybe the big question would be, you know, how, um, how, flu how fluid are you in changing your mind? Or are you drawing a line in the sand on a lot of things? Oh, I'm very clear at the beginning that these, this contract and these policies procedures is how we do business. Good. Um, and this is why we're productive and effective in business. And that's like, I, I don't waver from that. I don't waver from people talking about their splits, what they think they can do better yeah. because I, I, even though I knew I was offering a lot, I didn't, I wasn't confident in what I was offering. And if somebody was to go do this on their own, what it would entail, you know, into their pocketbook, you know, in relationship to, you know, their commissions and stuff. So, and I'm confident now that a top producing agent can actually produce more and work less with the structure we have in place. Yeah. You know, and I, I think where a lot of agents do get hung up are on the splits of a team because they're looking at the cost and not necessarily always recognizing the value. And you and I both know that there is a lot of cost that goes into setting up uh, technology and generating leads and building a brand. And yeah. there's also this, it really does cost money to have good leadership because most good leaders aren't willing to give away their time for free. Yeah. One, you know, and another thing is, is most people I found that aren't willing to, you know, look at the splits or want to try to negotiate it. 
don't even take their biz don't even take their real estate as a business it's not a business to them it's not structured as a business it's not acting like a business it's really like i just got a commission check you know yay let's go you know on vacation or whatever else versus um really like okay how much money did i spend on ads what was my return on investment you know what were my ads producing ads like my, what's my conversion rate on each of my lead pillars like none of that stuff is and that's how my wife ran her business when we first started was is we didn't take into consideration the cost of doing business versus i'm giving up half of a you know half of a commission to a team type of thing so that's one thing I've been really trying hard to do is to coach my agents on is like, look, you guys all run a business of your own. And, you know, depending on, I mean, everybody's looking at you, whether it's on social media, how you act in front of your friends and family. I said, this is your business and you better, you know, treat your business like the way you feel like it should be ran and um, you know your integrity and everything else should reflect across your social media the way you're with your friends and family and how you carry yourself to everybody so so with all that being said you know one of the things I was just thinking about is um, do you wish you would have quit your last job sooner yeah now I do Because we've, like I said, I, I probably was probably one of the very few, like a handful of people that I think I was in the Tom Ferry organization for almost two years before I did any real estate. And it was always an awkward conversation where people are like, oh, you don't even do real estate? Why are you here? Yeah. I remember I was going to make you hold up a sign at Summit saying that I'm not licensed because you're supposed to get your license before Summit and you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so... Oh. But yeah, I mean, I think we we met three we met three years ago, right? And it's amazing that in a year and a half, right, you've accomplished what you've accomplished. You've already basically started a team, blown it up, pivoted, right? You're really finding your place as an operator in the business. Yeah. So I think that's amazing. What advice would you give to someone who's in your same shoes, who's maybe like teeter tottering? Maybe they're working two jobs, part-time in real estate, you know, part-time another job they've been in for a long time. Maybe they're thinking about making the jump from another field just into any entrepreneurial venture. Yeah. What, what advice would you give that person? Um, you know, some of the advice I would give that, I mean, I think was helpful from, for me that I was gotten from you is for one, we needed a business plan in place. We needed to know what we were going to do once I quit my job. And just quitting my job and saying, okay, I'm, I'm an agent now. It wasn't, it wasn't going to work, but you know, when I get to, I mean, I still had to create some structure and some discipline around, and that was actually hard for me at first because it's like today I'm, I mean, okay, I've got a work schedule. I've got to get in, I've got a prospect. I've got, so setting up all that stuff and being disciplined to, you know, follow your calendar and to, you know, make jobs happen because in real estate, if you're not going to be out and work your clients, you know, and you're not going to talk real estate, someone else will. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's that, uh, I, I listened to someone get interviewed in our office the other day and the appeal of real estate was, uh, being your own boss, making your own schedule, making a bunch of money. 
But you and I both know that if we don't control our schedule, someone else will. And the people who make a lot of money is because we're serving a lot of people. And if you serve a lot of people and you never create a schedule, um, man, you're going to be in a world of hurt, right? That's what Amy yeah. was doing when you were at the other job. And, you know, when you were home, you know, she was gone, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, we have to have a, a plan and a schedule. What advice would you give someone who, like you, you know, they're just getting into the business, they're less than a year into the business, and they're starting a team, and maybe even, you know, they're hiring people like you did that had been in the business longer than you? What advice would you give to that person? Um, you know, the, the biggest thing that I would, and, and this kind of goes back with, you know, just transitioning from businesses is you've got to be all in part-time doesn't work. It, it just doesn't work. And, you know, and really like you've got to know for yourself that this is what you want and you've got to trust yourself. I mean, I think it's just instinct for us, you know, to, you know, to survive. And that's what I always look for when I'm hiring agents or when I'm talking to people is, and I don't know if I came out right, but um, what I think about is like, I wasn't going to let myself fail, you know, finishing high school or, you know, being able to get into an apartment or build myself back up. I mean, there's no reason. And it was hard for me to see, but there's no, I'm not like my family is not going to be without and I will do whatever it takes to make it happen. And I'll fight tooth and nail. And I think most people out there, if they really tap into their why and why they're actually doing this other than making lots of money, that there's, there's a fire that will be lit in you. And, you know, if you can tap into that, why you'll, you know, you'll, you'll fight tooth and nail for it. Yeah. I love that. And I totally agree because money just isn't enough at some point, right? At some point you're making more money than you're spending and money isn't enough to um, get you out of bed or have you deal with the asshole or get told no repetitively, right? Yeah. You need, you need that big why for sure. Yeah. So I guess, so when I'm, when I'm, and I don't know if I answered that. So when I'm thinking about people that are looking at joining in or making a team or something, yeah. I mean, the one thing I would say is understand and really nail down your policies and procedures, what your company stands for and how you do business. Because if you don't, it'll, it'll probably likely happen. As Debbie always told me, the tail's going to wag the dog and that's uh, not how you do business. A, a big why and a strong vision for the company that actually has policies and procedures backing it up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, anything else that you would want to add for anyone who's watching? Words of encouragement, advice, anything. Um, I mean, if I can do it, anybody can do it. Um, like I said, it just, I, I mean, if, you, if you're hungry and you have the, you know, grit and, you know, you want to make a different, I, I always tell people in this industry that this is one of the few industries that if you're willing to put in the hours and put in the work and fail and learn from those mistakes, I mean, this is probably one of the few industries that you can make more than a doctor with very little investment into your schooling. Um, And so it's, for me, it's a, that's an awesome feeling to know that 
I don't, you know, that I can do something else and still make a good living for myself and change my, the financial future of my family, but I can do it in a way that, you know, like, like I said, I can control my schedule. I can control all that kind of stuff, but it comes with a lot of discipline and, you know, effort on my part, but it's super rewarding. Like you like to go back to what you said, basically making doctor money. One of the things I've been talking to a lot of my coaching clients about is, you know, we can't make doctor money, but you have to run your business like a doctor, right? And if you look at doctors, they're exceptionally disciplined. So if you don't discipline yourself or, or discipline your practice, you probably won't make doctor money. Yeah. But we are so lucky in real estate, like you said, you know, the average real estate commission or the average commissions, they're based off the average, right? They're based off the average agent. Um, if they were so high, the market would just bring them down because everyone would discount, but there aren't enough transactions per agent to do that. So if you can be an exceptional agent as you are and as you help people build into, and you can get your unfair share of the market, then you can make exceptional, you know, albeit a surgeon money better than surgeon money. So yeah. I think you're, you're a, a thousand percent right on. And I think coaching was a big thing too, though, the accountability. And so if you don't have somebody to hold you accountable, find it. Yeah. Because I mean that just for me, and I know a lot of other, there's been a lot of other stories within the coaching organization that I have talked to that are do very well for me. I mean, but year to date, me personally, I'm at 43 deals um, this year. And I remember when I first started with you, we did our business planning for 2020. And I said, I'm going to do 25 deals because I've got all this other business stuff to worry about. I'm building the, you know, and David, I remember you telling me, he's like, that's, that's, not, I think you can do 50. Yeah. And you're going to sound like you're going to. Yeah. I'll hit 50 for yeah. sure. And yeah. so for, for me to do that in my first year, plus build my business, like I think I attribute a lot of that to the accountability and, you know, the coaching, but also you did putting it. In you the did it. You're, you're smart and you're committed and you're invested and you work hard to get better every day. So it's, it's just not a surprise. You know, one of my coaching clients texted me last night. He just hit over a million dollars in GCI, which I've been telling him all year he was going to do all year, right? Because same thing, he's committed, he's dedicated to the business, he works hard to get better. He didn't think he was going to get there, right? I think at the beginning of the year, 800,000 in GCI for his team, like, you're going to get past a million, right? But yeah, I mean, sometimes it is just that other person who, let's just be honest, I think some of my coaching clients, I believe in them more than they believe in themselves. And yeah. it's because I really believe in them, like I believed in you. So, I mean, I'm, that makes me so happy. I'm so, so stoked. Yeah. It's amazing. So I'm pretty excited. Yeah. So cool. Well, Hey, I appreciate you. I love you. Thanks for doing this for me. Yeah, absolutely. If people wanted to uh, get in touch with you. What would be the best way to do so? Um, well, I, I, I'll have my tag there in, uh, for Instagram, infinite RE group, um, infinite real estate. Um, I don't know. Um, you can always put my contact information sure. in there. I'll do I'm, I'm a pretty open book, especially if you're looking to actually right before you, I just got off a coaching call. I guess they can call me a coach in some sense, but I was helping some people transition from one CRM to another and kind of some things that I personally would look for and things that I've experienced both in 
the corporate world and my small business world on, you know, just measures to take before you make that leap so that things are organized in place. So more than happy to help. You're definitely a coach and you're an amazing leader. So I appreciate you. Appreciate it. And thanks for having me. This was fun. Thanks for listening to Direction with David Caldwell. We hope you enjoyed our deep dive into the tips and tricks you can use to grow your real estate business. If you're keen to hear more ideas you can implement, make sure to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a comment and review. Head over to davidccaldwell.com to sign up to our email list, as well as find more information and resources on our show. Until next time.